Hey, I'm Tyler Olson. The show is Money Mediator. Our emotions can have a big impact on our financial decisions. The goal here is to insert an objective view into the process, a mediator between you and your money. Today, we're applying this to taking on debt. Our episode is entitled, Taking on Debt, Don't Fear It, But Respect It. What emotions can get in the way of debt-related decisions? And what practical steps can you take to make responsible decisions about debt? I have asked the producer of this show, my wife, Kendall, to join me again. I really benefit from your perspective in my personal life, of course, and I really like (laughs) what you have to say and think on finances, and I know our listeners will too. Oh, all right. I'm back. (laughs) Now, there are many kinds of debt that we could discuss. Now, while student debt is currently the most popular kind of debt to discuss and debate, we will save that for a future episode. That said, the most common types of debt people take on are one, credit cards, two, auto loans, and three, mortgages. Now, if you want to skip to one of these topics specifically, just check out our show notes on the bottom, and we've put the time code for each section, so you can jump to that if you want. Now, please note that nothing discussed in this episode of Money Mediator should be construed as investment advice. Once again, the title of this episode is Taking on Debt, Don't Fear It, But Respect It. Kendall, I was hoping that you could explain our personal history that's relevant to debt decisions. So we have had four cars in the past 12 years, three of which we had loans on. Yep. We have periodically carried credit card debt um, to take, especially to take advantage of short-term 0% rates um, with like a, a specific plan in mind. Um, I feel like we've been fortunate enough to not have to deal with a lot of credit card debt. Um, yeah, that's true. And then we had a mortgage from 2011 to 2000 for three years we owned our place. Yeah, three years. Before we sold it and we had a mortgage on that. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So um, the first the first step or the first um, type of debt we're going to talk about is credit card debt. Mm-hmm. And what when you think of credit card debt, what sort of traps come to your mind, Kendall? I think... Just not planning enough, being a little bit lazy and putting our expenses on a credit card just because it it delays it for a month or two. You just don't want to think about it. Mm. I think that's a problem. Um, Sometimes we're in a position where we don't have enough money coming in or you kind of have to be caught up. You kind of have to be two months ahead if you're wanting to Like if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you want to just be spending money that's coming in, you have to get a month ahead. And that's hard to do when you're young or something or in school. So you just put it on a credit card and that can get out of control easily. And then the last thing I was thinking of was um, what we see other people on social media, whether it's you know, people with way more money than us or friends and family, how they're living, their purchases could also drive our financial plan and get us in credit card debt. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All those, all those things are, are really common. I completely agree with you. So So what do you, what do you suggest? What are practical steps to get over those things? Well, I think that if you use a credit card for the points 
or the cash back, which I think can be a good part of a financial plan if you control it. Um, you have to make sure to view it as if cash is actually going out of your account, which takes discipline because the money isn't literally leaving your checking account when you swipe the credit card, uh, but you are building up a balance. So what I suggest is to ask for uh, all of us, we should ask ourselves as we use the credit card, what is my balance in my weekly spending account? Mm -hmm. And look at your checking account and see, well, the money's not leaving yet, but it's going to. Mm -hmm. And then base your purchases on that number, not on your credit limit. Because yeah. the credit card companies, they really like to give you a nice high limit. Like They're like, hey. $9,000. Yeah. Uh -huh. All of a sudden you think, oh, wow, I've got a lot of mm -hmm. room here to move. Um, something else is that if you are in a position of needing to use debt to make ends meet, which is really common. A lot of people, they have full-time jobs, might even have a second job, and it still isn't enough to pay the bills. Just try to use as little as possible. When you're in this position, it's a really heavy emotional burden to carry, and it's easy to let things slip even further. You know, if you're short like a few hundred dollars a month and you're going to have to put it on a credit card for a short period of time, it might be easy to, because of the stress of your situation, you might even spend a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. You've kind of lost the connection with the reality of of the money, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It slips. It's it's easy to slip. So I would also suggest getting help from a trusted friend or two to help you to be able to unburden yourself, just to be able to talk about it and ask them to help you to, to be accountable to your plan. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, recognize that saving means not spending. So if you want to have more money later, you really must limit the reasons that you allow yourself to spend money now. Mm. So that's like kind of like a mental exercise, mm. I would suggest. Like not looking at things that are going to tempt you to, <laughs> to spend more that you don't have and put it on a credit card instead of assessing what you really have. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, now let's discuss the second type of debt auto loans. So like, I know you're not like a, into like <laughs> all sorts of like fancy and fast cars and everything, but <laughs> I know you like having a nice car and you like, there's all sorts of options out there. What do you think are some emotional traps that people may find themselves in or that you feel are common? I think being able to have a new car, but not being able to afford or be in a situation where like, you're like, oh, I couldn't afford this car, but I could afford to lease it and it's new. And I've, I've talked to people before who are just would have to pay a crazy amount of interest. And I don't know, then they end up doing this, but it's appealing, but also maybe thinking about, well, since it's new, it won't have a lot of problems to get, need to get fixed or anything. So that must be the best decision. Um, that could be a problem. Um, it it could be an easy way to use a new car and have little responsibility towards the upkeep of the car. Um, but like you have to consider all the factors because maybe there's like the mileage lim limitations of that could get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, the... The, the leasing options are really are really common and usually the dealerships promote it. Yeah. So what like 
how do you get past these issues? Um, well, I think it's important to buy a quality car, but for as low a price as possible. The real value of a vehicle and also how we personally view our cars, that value goes down really quickly. Like when, even when you buy like a newer car mm. and you love it at first, within like a month or so, you're like, yeah, it's just my car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like anything special anymore. <laughs> and the monetary value of the car also goes down dramatically. Yeah. So this is a primarily, uh, primary, primarily a short-term usage tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be expensive to maintain. Um, so the higher of a price that you pay, the the farther back you're setting yourself. Because if you think of it like a race, the amount that you borrow and the amount that the car is worth, the amount that the car is worth is going to go down really fast. And if you borrow more and you mm-hmm. pay a lot for a, you know pay a lot for a car, you're really you're, you're going to be behind. And a lot of people end up being upside down. On their cars. Mm, on their car, yeah. They owe more than it's worth. So buying a new car or leasing um, you know, can be challenging in that way. So we're, we're, we're saying you should uh, buy a used car. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Buy a used no, we're car. Not, we're not going to tell anyone what to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, But buy a used car. Yeah. Buy a used car. Yeah. Don't buy a new car. That <laughs> is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and as far as leasing uh, is concerned, don't be afraid of car ownership. It's worth it to take the time to understand the basics of car maintenance. It'll take some effort at first. Uh, but to me, leasing would be like opting to eat out for dinner every single night. Buying is learning how to cook. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it takes a little bit more work, but it's more financially sound. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's more fulfilling. So maybe you could settle for a an older car that you still think is reliable and good shape with a loan on it, but it would decrease your burden a yeah. good amount. Yes. And that's, it's still debt, but I feel like people don't view that in the same category as other kinds of debt. Yeah, I agree. In a way, but anyways. It's like, I mean, we, in a lot of ways, we don't have a choice. Yeah. With a, right. you know, We have to have a car in many, many parts of this country in right. order to live and work. Um, but yeah, no, buying a used car. I mean, I know for me personally, I'm like, I'm looking for like a four or five year old Honda CRV. That is like, that is my game. Uh, but everyone, you know, there's lots of choices out there, but you just have to look for something that is still a good quality vehicle that'll last a long time, but it's at as low a price as possible. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about our third type of debt mortgages, buying a home. What do you think? What are some issues that uh, we often deal with? I think it's just, it's an envy thing and a comparison. You probably feel, or either because of your age or the people around you, you feel like you've reached a certain point in life where you should own a house or own a home. Um, So that's a lot of pressure. Um, Also, maybe even further than this, maybe you're around people who bought, you know, what they consider a starter home and now we're moving into a bigger home. Um, Mm. So it's just, yeah, there's this like, um, I don't know, like belt that you're on (laughs) and like you do it this way. And by the time you're this age, you own your starter home and then maybe you build a bigger house. Like it, the comparison is dangerous. Mm. Yeah, definitely. 
So in order to overcome these sort of things, I had two things in mind. First, make a plan to save to a point where you can afford the down payment without depleting an emergency fund that hopefully you have established. What do you recommend as a as an emergency fund? Um, I think depending on how secure your employment is, mm-hmm. anywhere from three to six months worth of expenses. Mm-hmm. If you're not so sure about your job security, maybe six maybe months more. is better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, being able to afford a down payment, which and that fluctuates too. There's FHA loans, yeah, which is you know a lot of people do those, and then there's you know up to twenty percent, and the that decision in itself, there isn't like a right or wrong necessarily. You just have to factor in the fact that you're going to be paying private mortgage insurance if you put down less than twenty percent. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that it's a bad deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you. But you do have to just factor that into your plan. Um, so there's there's two steps of this first suggestion is saving up enough for the down payment, whatever that is, and then being able to make sure that you can reasonably expect to pay the debt each month. Mm-hmm. So this is going to include not just the debt itself, but also the taxes for your property, mm-hmm. insurance, and if you're part of an association, mm-hmm. HOA Gosh. fees, yeah. homeowners insurance, uh, homeowners association mm-hmm. uh, fees. So, and check their, you know, how their financials are before you buy the property of absolutely. the association. That was really important, I remember. Yes. Yeah, we uh, we were part of an HOA and we needed to check the financial health yeah. of the HOA because it's responsible for things like uh, replacing the roof and gutters and other things that affect the entire unit yeah. if you're if you're part of a condominium or something like that. And I think there was a situation right before we had um, purchased our place there where they had basically served up to the residents that they owed 10 grand Mm -hmm. each for something. So it's really important to know those things that could have some really unexpected expenses. Yes, yes, definitely. So the second suggestion I had was to take time to discuss with your partner what aspects of our home of a home are really important to you? Mm. you what you brought up about the uh, the timeline or the belt that we're on, where you think, yeah. well, we got to start our home and then we're going to move up to a bigger home. Mm-hmm. I mean, why why is that the case? There might be justifiable reasons, like having children mm-hmm. or taking care of parents or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, but bigger is not necessarily better because it's more to take care of. Um, more money to to take care of it yeah for sure yeah higher utility costs yes uh where we live near lake michigan if the house is too high and you can see the lake you're gonna pay a lake viewing tax (laughs) there's there's all sorts of things that come into play so Mm -hmm. before making the decision to buy a home really have an understanding between you and a partner if you have um what you mutually think is really important to have in a home and make sure you have those things but then think about what things you don't need to have to try to keep it more simple. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. So so that's it. Those are the three things that we wanted to talk about. Credit card debt, auto loans, and mortgages. And uh, Kendall, thank you a lot for uh, joining me again. Yeah, definitely. If you like this episode, found it helpful, please share it with friends and family. And if there's something that you'd like to hear us talk about, please get in touch. Keep listening for that info.
next month in April, uh, it's going to be the first Tuesday of the month, April 7th, our new episode. We're actually going to be continuing our discussion of debt, but it will center entirely on student loans. What emotions can trap us into making bad decisions and establishing bad habits? We're going to discuss this along with practical steps that we can take to handle student debt responsibly. Talk to you soon. Everyone needs a financial plan. Money Mediator, that's the show. Tyler Olson, that's me. Follow me on Twitter at Olson Planner. That's at O-L-S-O-N-P-L-A-N-N-E-R. Visit my website, olsonconsultingmi.com. If you want to talk more about any points we've mentioned today, please get in touch. The show is Money Mediator. New episodes the first Tuesday of every month. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.